A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Time you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hey! Woo, that was tense. That was tense. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like Russian roulette with these fucking Reed's ginger beers these days, everybody. We don't know when they're going to explode in our faces, and we were ready to just take it like a man if they did. So, I have a fun story about this. Is it? Is it fun, Rex? Yeah, it is, actually. So, basically, I drink a lot of Reed's ginger beer, and the last three or four cases that I've gotten... I'm uh, on the edge of my seat, by the way. The last three or four cases that I've gotten have had a plethora of them that are highly overcarbonated, and they explode when you open them. So, I actually went on Facebook and messaged Reed's ginger beer... You sick bastard! ...to tell them about it. And they thanked me for the input, and they wanted me to report back if I came across more cases, because it probably means that they have an issue with their distribution in this area. Those fuckers. But they got back to me within less than 24 hours, and right on. Sure. Any good company is going to have decent PR people on the Facebooks. Yes. And the Instagrams. Und der TikToks. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's how you say that. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what language you're speaking. Anyway, hello. Welcome to A with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today's episode, we're reviewing season two, episode 15, Repraise. Wow. Or Reprise. Or I knew you were going to say it wrong, it. but I didn't think you were going to say it that wrong. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Reprise, and I was all... Cocked and loaded to say it's actually pronounced reprise in proper musical terminology. And the then... funny the funny thing is, is I think they expect it to be pronounced reprise. Yeah. Because it's a pseudo play on the episode Surprise from Buffy. Because they end the same. Surprise! Reprise! Sure. Okay. Surprise, bitch! <laughs> Some fries, bitch. <laughs> Supplies, bitch. Or, or wait, no, it's not bitch. It's motherfucker. Yeah. Some fries, motherfucker. Speaking of surprises, we have a surprise. Yeah. Uh, one of our fans, Clubby the Seal. Uh, Clubby the Seal. Yeah. Uh, one of our multiple UK fans got back with us and sent us our UK reviews from iTunes that we couldn't see. Multiple, as in more than one, everybody. Yes, it's five. Probably, I was going to say at least three. Yeah, five of them starting from like three years ago. Yeah. So uh, we apologize to you, dear fans. We did not know your reviews existed, but we are happy to read them on the air today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, right. You're duh. There are at least five. Yeah. Who have reviewed us. And, you know, listeners are like cockroaches. <laughs> For every one that you see, there's at least a hundred more. 
And that's I was a little I was a bit worried <laughs> of where you were gonna go with that's, that. That's about where the analogy ends, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, sometimes I want to step on them and watch them and go. You sick bastard. I am. I am. Fuck a doodle do. Well, this explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> D- uh, yeah, well, explain it to me later. Meanwhile, we have reviews to read. Uh, we do have reviews to read. Oh, yeah, we can do that first. Sure, why not? Yeah, we're just going to knock these five out real quick. They're all well overdue. We're going to start with one titled Best Buffy Podcast by Sardug from three years ago. Sardug gave us a five-star rating that says, So happy I've finally found a Buffy podcast where I actually like listening to the guys. Kind of important. Want to know what they think about the show? And they don't irritate the crap out of me. Plus, they're bloody hilarious. <gasps> British people really do say that. Aww. <laughs> That's really cool. Oh, neat. You know, also, that sounds really familiar. I'm wondering if they may have grouped them all together at first and then separated them later. So maybe we have read these. But just to be safe... We're going to keep reading them. That doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Uh, It it could easily just be a close paraphrase to a different one. Yeah. I didn't bother to check. Uh, The the next review is titled G, five-star review by MDoug78, also three years ago. And Doug in both the names. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe Doug's a common name in the UK. Who knows? it's some kind of title. (laughs) This review goes... This is the only podcast I keep coming back to. So nice to find a podcast with some real balance. This isn't just an hour of loving everything in BTVS. It's also a giant circle jerk. (laughs) These guys aren't afraid to call out the faults, inconsistencies, and downright dumb bits. But even that is done with some real affection for the program. Just hope they see it through to the end. Keep up the good work. Booyah! Thank you very much, MDoug78. Yes, and it is our full intention to see it through to the end. Next on the docket, we have one titled Beer with Buffy dot 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 rocks. Written by JJJ. Three years ago, five-star review. It reads, really enjoying this BTVS podcast. Feels fresh and the guys are really cool. Nice banter and great content. Feels effortlessly cool. Cheers, guys. No. Cheers to you, JJJ. Cheers to you. Fucking cheers. By the way, today on Beer with Buffy, we are drinking Woodford Reserve. You know, I keep seeing it there on the shelf and I keep going, I don't know, it costs another $9 up from Jameson. (laughs) And today I said, fuck Mm. that shit. I want Woodford Reserve. It's been a while since I've had it. It's so good. It is fucking delicious. I recommend it. It's just a... Is it a bourbon? It is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And it's great. It's probably my favorite bourbon. It's so good, I'm not going to mix it with ginger beer today, probably. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. I'm at least going to have a couple of shots, a full snifter, without ginger beer in it first. Next review. Our next review titled Genius. Five-star review by The Matrix UK. As a longtime Buffy and Angel fan, these two guys have rekindled my love for the show. Not afraid to call out faults and makes my commute bearable. If I could give it a 6 out of 10, I would. You know, I feel like that's a typo. I I have no idea. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> they they gave it, us five stars. Yeah. And said, if I could give it a six out of ten, I would. Yeah. So you want to downgrade us from 100% to 60%. Explain that. Because my best explanation is typo. I think they meant six out of five. I hope so. Yeah. I, I really hope so. Uh, that's, that's my headcanon. Yeah. All right. So, I'm, I'm going to believe that. Thanks for the five-star review, right? Whatever you want, I guess. Yes. Last review, titled Highly Addictive, written by... Little Stody. Yeah. From May 30th, 2022. Ooh, this one's relatively recent. And it reads, it's a five-star review, by the way. I'm well hooked on this. Well, it's so British. You guys are so <laughs> British. I love you. I love it. I'm well hooked on this. I'm not even going to try it. Uh, it's a- well, if, you're ha- <laughs> if your accents haven't scared them away yet, you're good. <laughs> One of them told me it was okay when I do the Spike voice, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I feel like it's only sometimes. Anyway, I'm well hooked on this. Only found it a couple of weeks ago and trying to limit myself to one a day so I don't run out too soon. Dramatic readings, mom synopsises, and duh, bronze, it's got it all. The most fun and upbeat of Buffy podcasts. Update dash, well, I'm all caught up now. So <laughs> wait eagerly for each next episode. Rex and Josh keep staking it. Whether beer with Buffy or ale with Angel is your taste or both. Belly up to the bar and get in. Yeehaw! Thank you, little stody. I suspect that little Stody was not able to only do one episode a day. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> we're just that addictive. Depending on where they were in May, we have a lot more episodes than that. <laughs> True. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. But thank you all so, so very much for those reviews. Cannot articulate enough, or well enough, to, to how that makes me feel. It's all, it's all warm and fuzzies. It's all warm and fuzzies. Agreed. That is an excellent yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent yes. Fuck-a-doodle-doo, Rex. Guess what time it is. What time is it? It's time for us to fuck-a-doodle-doo. It is. Because we have executive doodle-doos or executive producers, whichever you prefer to terminologize them. And we read them every episode. They are, in fact, our Patreon supporters. And they are as follows. Rachel Gregory... Rachel Doodledoo, <laughs> D. Sheringhausen, Clubby Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Irregarded Turtle Liker. <laughs> God. <laughs> Scarlet Joy, Janella Lindauer, bad at changing their name heaps. Living up to their name. <laughs> Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Indiber, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so very much. Without all of you, this show literally isn't possible. Goddamn right. To that, I shall drink a tiny bit of Woodford Reserve. Yes. Cheers to you as well, our dear executive producers. Fuck a doodle doo. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I know. Yeah, got to mash it all up. Threw me off. Threw me off. Excellent. Got to keep you on your toes. So yeah, no voicemails uh, specifically today. Do want to give a big shout out to Kefro Gnome. She did call in and we might uh, put her on the next episode, but she's uh, informed us she's not been feeling well. She's been very ill and she's going to be going under surgery within the next couple of weeks. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Yeah. So hopefully you're feeling better out there. 
this one's dedicated to you. And the next one. And the next one. Until you fucking get better. Okay, yeah. Gnome. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I think it's... It's that time again, Josh. <sighs> it, 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 I think it's time for a mom synopsis. Um... <laughs> You started it. All right. Reap what you sow. I know. <laughs> I'm getting what I deserve. I'm reaping what I sow. <laughs> the goddamn pen is blue. <laughs> Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? Stop quoting old Jim Carrey movies. It's very unbecoming. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Thanks. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm chasing the dragon. Now, fuck off. I don't know what that means, Joshua. It means you don't even understand my pain. You don't even know, Mom. Oh, Joshua, of course I don't. That doesn't mean I can't belittle your pain with sanctimonious, <laughs> oversimplified platitudes. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna. I have to. Everything's fucking evil. Too much evil. Evil. Might as well just give in to the evil. <laughs> Wait, win, Joshua. No one's fighting you, Joshua. We don't need to. You've already lost. Wait, how can I lose if you're not trying to win? Did I say that, Joshua? I meant every rose has its thorn. Um, every cloud has a silver lining. Ah! Everything's so much more hopeless with shitty platitudes. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> You should go hook back up with your little girlfriend, Joshua. She'll steal your soul again. Give me some grandchildren. It'll be nice. No, that's bad for my mental health. Stop giving me shitty relationship advice, Mom. What about me, Joshua? What about my needs? Give in to it for your old mother's sake. <laughs> I've already invited her over for you. She's waiting in the other room with a nice candlelit dinner and a, and a list full of grievances over things that were never really your emotional responsibility. This truly is hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and crazily analogous to this week's episode of Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that, because today on Angel, the entirety of Wolfram and Hart is freaking out because their 75-year review is coming up, which is literally a demon boss who's probably going to kill most of them. Lyle is panicking, but Lindsay doesn't seem worried. Angel is noticing lots of rituals and sacrifices happening across the city and goes to Lorne for advice, who can't do much but does tip him off to a magic ring and an ambiguously named place where this meeting might happen. Angel uses an old contact to learn that the ring is in fact a doorway to other dimensions and he supplies Angel with the gauntlet needed to kill the Claynac demon coming to Wolfram and Hart. Angel plans to take his ring and wreak havoc in hell. Darla, who's been being harbored by Lindsay, steals the gauntlet, but Angel crashes the party anyway and steals the gauntlet right back from Darla, kills the Claynac demon, gets the ring, and goes on an elevator trip to nowhere. I say, I say, nowhere! <laughs> And as Kate reels with anger from being fired and blames Angel, Angel shirks his responsibility out of an abnormal bout of the broody and decides to have and decides to have another go at it with Darla. What could possibly go wrong? The end. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny headed creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down.
beautiful thing. So we open on some abandoned apartment building. Man, this this place, they go really heavy-handed in the creepiness factor of this place, and I love it. Oh, it's very nice. Oh, I love it. And I, I want to go exploring in this building, goddammit. Definitely, definitely. You know, you see an old shopping cart full of shit with a little doll on yeah. top. And oh, my good. first thought is, I wonder if somebody's coming back for that. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I'm thinking probably not. Probably not. Is it haunted? It better fucking be haunted or I'm going to be very upset. Well, it may not be haunted, but it is filled with goats. Hey, goats are adorable. They are adorable. I fucking love goats. Let's drink their blood, Rex. Uh, I follow a TikTok, by the way, that is all about this dude who has a herd of goats. Speaking of drinking he get, goat he gets blood. Hired, uh, he gets hired to like clear out uh, underbrush, and he like goes to a place where there's a fuck ton of underbrush, and he just lets the goats loose. Wow. And then like a day later, all the underbrush is eaten. So- and. He gets hired to feed his goats for free. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. I fucking love it. Right? <laughs> like, there, there is a business plan. <laughs> Definitely. That is self-sustaining. But anyway, yeah. I like goats. And there's a room full of goats. And Angel's like, huh, look, goats. Huh. Who knew? Pick one. Name it. Murder it. Why not? I mean, don't. I mean, But do give it a name. Yeah. Give us five dollars. We'll name it for you. <laughs> That's a thing we do. Yeah, we will name goats too, not well, just cats. Hell, once we named a dead ladybug. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Angel sees these two guys walking through a sacrificial ritual, like they're putting together an IKEA furniture. <laughs> <laughs> These two dudes are reading stereo style instructions on how to sacrifice this room full of goats, or at least one of them, I don't know, to some random god, and they seem a bit worried that if they don't do the ritual, something out there is going to get very pissed off. I, I have qualms here. I have qualms here. You know... I'm qualming here! I get it. I get it. The show is is fiction, and we're supposed to to suspend our disbelief a certain amount. Even like, the Bible's in the nonfiction section. I get section, it. So. I get it. That being said, though, like, you know, I can suspend my disbelief that these guys have a bunch of goats in a room, but no food. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> and I can I can suspend my disbelief that they're sacrificing these goats to some dark entity. Fine. I can even suspend my disbelief that they're being paid to do so by lawyers. Yeah. Fine. But what I can't suspend my disbelief for is two guys reading the instructions. <laughs> oh, I really thought that it was going to be a goat fucking joke. No. Wow. Why you got to take it to the sexy place, Rex? I didn't. You did. So you agree that it is sexy to think about two guys fucking a room full of goats. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Just checking. That's your story. And, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Sometimes you worry me. <laughs> Only sometimes? Oh, fair. You More often than not, really. <laughs> I thought that was why we went onto the internet. Anyway, yeah. yeah. No, reading the directions, that's just silly. Yeah. You sacrifice <laughs> the goat, you sound out the fucking Latin, and you yeah. call it a fucking day. Apparently. They must not be paying these guys enough. Like, oh, well. I it's... mean, they're evil. So, obviously, they'd underpay their lackeys. Evil? Like... But beyond that, a nice little garden path. But beyond that, evil! 
But no benefits. Zero benefit. Oh, these guys are bottom rung. <laughs> yeah. These guys are filing 1099s. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and it's not because they're doing business well. It's because they're not getting insurance. Yeah. So Angel uh, seems very pleased by the news that something will get very pissed if they don't do these rituals. Yeah. And uh, and also very displeased at the same time. It's a very small yet intense roller coaster of emotions. He's such a broody, broody boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, There's a lot of brood in this episode. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. Oh. I mean, it does get better. <laughs> but it doesn't get less broody. It, no, it does not get any less broody. Opening sequence. Imagine cats are meowing the opening sequence. And uh, cut to Lost Angel-less investigations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hard tea on Lost. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, in the new office... Uh, Cordy, Wesley, and Gunn are finishing up, apparently, the case with the girl with the third eye. Hey, they came back to her. Hooray. Um, I'm a little disappointed they didn't give us really any real information about the case, just that it was like some sort of demon hatching out of the girl's head. And they hey, did we charm. fixed it. Yeah, that's how uninteresting it was. I kind of liked that running gag that the idea of a demon eyeball in the back of a girl's head was just so droll to them that right. they couldn't make a full episode about right. it. <laughs> and even the girl's just like... Completely unaffected. She's like, yay, it's gone. I'm going to go play, I don't know, whatever little girls play. Yeah, She's not I even know. a little girl. She's like a tween. Yeah. What, you know, whatever, She's at least 13 or 14. I don't know. Whatever young women are doing <laughs> these days. Damn whippersnappers. Probably TikTok. They're probably on TikTok these days. In, well, these days, sure. But we're talking about like 2001. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. Not Facebook. No. Yeah. You know, I was there. We were children in that age. We were probably only a year or two older than her. What the fuck were we doing? I mean, let's see. Yeah, I was I was around like 16, 15, 16 ish. I guess I was doing a lot of theater. So I um, was I was drawing. Oh, okay, was, there you go. I was drawing a lot. Neat. So there it is. Go do some theater and draw. You got the demon head out of your eye or the or the demon eye out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> go go do some normal kid stuff. <laughs> Anyway, it's all good. Even the hair is going to grow back. Yeah. Wheelchair Wesley gives the kid a lollipop. Cordy pops a ball cap on her head. And this mom. Oh, no, no, no. It's not all good, though, Josh. Uh, well. It's not. Uh, you know, I was going to get there. I just don't want. I don't want too much suspense. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Good, I didn't want to. Trying to make it. Trying to get people worked up about this lollipop. That looked like a mm. mediocre lollipop. It did. I can get vaguely excited about a mediocre lollipop, you know? I mean, Yeah. And where'd that ball cap come from? Why did it fit so well? I don't know. It looked fitted to me. It definitely did. Maybe they maybe they pulled out the extra stops and got that that fitted ball cap. Yeah, they like they had to have measured her head while they were getting rid of the eyeball. At some it's point. unfortunate though. It's unfortunate <laughs> they took those extra steps because bitches stiffen them. Oh yeah, uh, the customer is not always right. In yeah. fact, often they are wrong. <laughs> My favorite version of that saying is the customer isn't always right; they're often mistaken. <laughs> Yes, that is accurate. Because uh, she thinks that it is just too impossible that these things that she witnessed could have happened and they must be con artists well, and scamming them. Like, she obviously believes that they did a real service, but she's quoting her husband. Sure. She went to her husband and said, hey, I need to pay these people. Yeah. And her husband was like, that's not real. I don't have to pay that. That's impossible. 
we can't be paying for those things. <laughs> yeah, she she passed the buck on her husband, totally. All I can say is that is good writing and characterization of what rich people are like. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that, definitely. Not Not too happy about rich people, definitely. I mean, some of them try. She is not. She's representative of the ones I do not like. So... Uh, yeah, Wesley says, just let her go. Cordy and Gunn get pretty pissy about it, as they should and deserve to. But, you know, Wesley's like, I, I guess his reasoning is just, it's going to be more bad for business Yeah, if we break her kneecaps over it. We well, did some good. It'll be fine. To me, it reads a lot as, like, <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's pick a different battle. Yeah. This is not the battle to, to fight over. Like, we're not going to win. Yeah, also, because they have money as evidenced don't. by later in the episode, he cannot afford to get stressed out. Yeah, no um, shit. <laughs> and so uh, they all reluctantly agree with Wesley. Gunn runs off to check things out in the neighborhood because he thinks he'll be more useful there. And then we don't see him at all the rest of the episode. No. Nope. So maybe he was useful elsewhere. Uh, had a quarter of the day here. Uh, Wesley says, things will pick up. They're bound to. Cordy responds, yeah, it's L.A., the evil's probably just tied up in traffic or something. Oh, <laughs> there's lots of traffic in in L.A. That's what I heard. Somebody told me that. I've been in L.A. and there is. <laughs> Fuck that place. Uh, anyway, it's a classic Cordy line. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Cut to the Gerba Thump Thump. Gerba Thump Thump, where L and L are prepping for a review. Oh my. Oh my. Oh no. What is it? <laughs> Tell me again, Rex. It's a review. Ooh. An evil review. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Go on. <laughs> Help me out here. I'm just a I'm just a little hyena trying to get off on your words. Oh uh, yes. I, I think we're done here. <sighs> Such a tease. <laughs> you fucking tease. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Lila's freaking out at Lindsay over this <sighs> 75 year review, which will supposedly Make the Christmas Purge of 68 look like fun old times. Lindsay, uh, uh kind of unaffected by all the yeah. hoo-ha and Annian. Everyone in the firm is, like, frantically trying to eke out every drop of evil they can. Oh, yeah. Before the review. And Lindsay's like, you know what? It is what it is. Either we're going to get a good review or we're going to get a bad review. No piddly little you know ritual here or there is gonna do shit to help us yeah seriously and he's not wrong oh like, no no come on any like review you've ever been in nothing that you do in like the last few days matters it's all about like what you've done over the last several years so we get a an interesting quote out of lila here she says i heard henderson actually pulled her firstborn out of company daycare to offer it up to Brown noser. I, I assume the uh, 
the trail off there was intending to refer to whatever entity it is that is right. doing the well, 75 year review yeah. that we have not yet become privy to. Yeah. So anyway, she calls her a brown noser and then says, my mother was right. I should have had children. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Lila really is one stone cold bitch. She just wished that she had had children and admitted that her mother was right about it because she wanted to be able to sacrifice it to a demon god. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's impressive. She's evil. Evil. <laughs> she walked down that nice little garden path. And she will not carry your parcels. No. Doesn't matter if you're a nice little old lady or anybody else. Fuck your parcels. Fuck your parcels. Fuck Matter your fact, parcels. She will take your parcels and she will give them to the evil demon god. She will shit on them. She will pull up her little business mini skirt. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to get any more graphic than that. Thank you. <laughs> But, I mean, she will just squat right there in the middle of the road. <laughs> Did you ever see Bridesmaids? Just like that, except you'll see everything. Oh, God. I've I... seen everything. <laughs> <sighs> I don't like that movie. I think she wears a pantsuit anyway. She doesn't wear miniskirts or pencil skirts. I don't know. We've I can't remember. Long since established that I know nothing about <laughs> terminology of women's clothing. So I'm just shooting in the dark here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know what a pant is. I think. <laughs> you usually, got a pair of them on Usually right they now. come in pairs, but it's still only one. Ooh. <laughs> it's a mystery. Oh, man. <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the mystery of the multiple pant uh, Moving on <laughs> Off to the police station To the Lapita Lap The Lap Lapita Oh L-A-P-D oh. Yeah, Lapita <laughs> It's okay I'm a limo driver <laughs> And <laughs> Angel begs Kate for help Because the city is going ape shit with blood sacrifices And he can't figure out why he And Kate's like, you know what? No just fuck off. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he wants help stopping them because anything important to the doggy sheep snort snort is worth fucking up. Yeah. And he's, he's not wrong. He, no, he's not wrong. But what he does not realize is that Kate herself is due for a review on Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Internal affairs review. Apparently, the asshole who was behind the zombie cops reported her for letting Angel into the building to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Well, you know, I can imagine, actually, that that makes the whole thing a little more realistic now. So but, I was like, a cop being held responsible for something? But That's ludicrous. How would he have known how Angel got in the building, Josh? Hmm... Well, I think there ended up being a record of her picking him up and then immediately letting him out like a mile down the road, if you recall. Uh, I don't. They even mention it later in the episode. Oh, do they? Actually, it might be right at this part in the episode. That's one of the, It's one of the plot points they bring up, and it's true. She did him a favor. She let him out of the cuffs and out of the car. Yeah. Because Wolfram and Hart tried to send him to jail. And they were going to come in and they were maybe going to murder him later with some sunlight and Kate let him go. Oh, 
yeah. Okay, I remember it now. That might have been an earlier episode, but it is a thing Maybe. that happened. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, yeah and there, She's there clearly, probably was cameras in the fucking police station. There's, yeah, you know? there's lots of evidence against her uh, aiding and abetting Angel. And okay, okay. Plot hole dispersed. Right. False alarm. <laughs> yeah, so... Therefore, this is not good enough reasoning for Kate. Just fucking with Wolfram and Hart. Not yeah. good enough for her. She can't do anything anyway. They've got her on desk duty since Angel fucked up a bunch of people. Uh, the the police chief, like we mentioned. Yeah. And she's worried for her job because, you know, in her eyes, without the job, what is she? And, like, first off, sad existence. Yeah. But, I would think that she would care a little more about the truth. I would think she would go full, well, full Mulder. At this point, she's not Scully, she's Mulder. Um, but, you know, she'd have to do it without the Force, because they're yes. not getting on board with her. Like, Mulder at least had the FBI backing him. They had never at any point were like, we need to fire you because you're too into conspiracy theories. I, I think her characterization here makes sense to me, because at this point, she is exhausted by it all. Yeah. And so she, you know, she's in line to probably lose her job. And so at this point, like, even if she, it is the truth that she truly cares about, that won't matter if she doesn't have her job. Like, mm. she can't do anything in her eyes. She can't do anything if she's not a cop. She could join Angel. I mean, I think she's misdirecting a lot of her rage at him, but well, I, yeah, it's, it's understandable but... how she thinks that a lot of this is happening because of him. But I, I know that she's had plenty of moments where she sees that that's not true and that he really is trying to help. Right. And has helped her multiple times, but she just keeps turning on him again. It doesn't ma seem to matter how much he tries. Well, I think a big part of that is just because any time that she's helped Angel, it's bitter in the ass. Yeah. Well, and she keeps getting pushback from a police department that she works for that either knowingly wants to cover up this shit that she's discovered yeah. or wants to bury their head in the sand and refuses to believe it or simply doesn't believe it because they haven't seen what she's seen and they treat her like she's crazy. So yeah, I that does actually make it fairly understandable why she's super stressed out and lashing out at yeah. Angel because it's really easy to misdirect rage like that and I'm not blaming her for that much. A little bit. I but mean, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I like Kate. I've always liked Kate. And I just, it irks me the way that they pushed her character. Yeah. You know, she could I, have been so much better. I would have loved some of the directions that it could have gone if they had just leaned it more towards like being part of the team. Yeah. Or something I, like that. I wish that they had pushed it towards her becoming part of the team. And I don't know where they're going with it after this episode, but... As we've said multiple times before, we know she ends up leaving the show. Yep. And they'll probably just use it as one more thing for Angel to be broody about. Not that he needs it, but I guess, I don't know. He No, he kind of does need more reasons to be broody because the same old reasons tend to get a little old. Yeah. Well, in, in, the, in that line, she's like, hey, Angel, so you need something to be broody about. I have this file full of shit to be broody about. Yeah. And this file shows that... Uh, Drew and Darla were locked in with the lawyers and they had to bust out. So, you know, think on that, buddy. Yeah, I guess I don't entirely understand why she thinks or knows that he had anything to do with that. 
or I mean, she's assuming or why she's mad at him about it like the lawyers are evil the vampires were evil the other the other problem here is that like if she loses her job what's it fucking matter what that folder says well kind of yeah i guess i don't know she's this this is a good representation of somebody struggling with their core morality that is very under attack it's she's having yeah. to reevaluate things and i i know how confusing that can be i have a lot i have all the sympathy in the world for her it's still difficult and a lot of times makes me go god damn it why can't you see the full truth well she doesn't have the full truth yeah and angel isn't always very forthcoming he's he's not the greatest friend he's, especially right now oh god yeah he's really not he you might say that he's a shitty fucking person one might one might in fact but he's also going through through his own torrential bout of shit yeah but yeah, we'll we'll get to that. So eventually, <laughs> eventually, because it takes forever for this fucking show to get there. Yeah, there's nothing so lovely as dreams. Everything's in them. Everything hidden. Open those chambers, and you can truly understand someone and control them. Yeah, cut to Lindsay's apartment. Uh, he comes home to find Darla on his couch. Darla? 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 Darla. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a little bit. Oh, you didn't... I didn't recognize her. Got... All right. She has make makeup on and prosthetics. And quite... She had a blanket up. She looked yeah. a little sickly. Yeah. Yeah, Darla. Yeah, okay. <laughs> come on. Come on. You, you, you heard me. I said Darla. Darla? Darla. Darla? Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lindsay brings her a big old bottle of blood. Cold blood, though. Man, to show some hospitality. He bri- he bri- oh, Darla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bottle of blood? Is that what you said? Yeah. A cold bottle of blood, though. <laughs> well, it's the only way to keep it fresh, I mean, Rex. sure, at least it's human... But show some a sense of hospitality, yeah, I for guess, fuck's sake. I guess there is another way to keep it fresh. Well, yeah. You know, bring the person. In a human body. Yeah. At the very least, though, put it in a fucking nice mug with a straw and microwave it. And handcuff her in the bathtub. Yeah. Definitely. So that she can watch Passions. Exactly. That's how that works. And call Spike. Yes. We'll get Spike in on this. It'll be fine. So they establish that Lindsay saved Darla from the sewer after Angel set her and Drusilla on fire. Darla seems to think that Drusilla is gone forever. Well, she's right. Lindsay thinks she'll be back, though. Darla thinks everyone has abandoned her. And Lindsay reassures her sh- that he'll never abandon her. Blah. I'm in love with you, Darla, even though you're a vampire now. Whatever. Okay. And... We get a little bit more of the inconsistency of character here because, like, Lindsay is like, oh, I need to go take a shower. Darla's like, but you're never dirty. And he's like, I'm always dirty. I always feel dirty. He's a broody, broody boy, too. And, like, okay, if he feels gross and dirty from working there, stop it. Eh, it's probably hard to get out of. It's like joining a gang. I know, but, They'll fucking kill you before they let you go. Either fucking... He made the decision to stay. 
He could have tried <laughs> to get out before. Well, and I, then he fucked it up. It's no wonder he's not worried about the review. Uh, he wants to burn in hell to atone for his sins. I mean, okay, yeah, that's fair. So uh, he feels like he deserves it. So he's like, well, whatever. Either I'll keep going up or they'll murder me, which is fine. Either way is fine. Anyway, after he goes, heads to the bathroom for his shower, she gets up and then grabs a folder out of his fucking briefcase or something. The one that Lila gave him earlier at the office. And it just outlines the the review. The 75-year review. So Darla's got all the information, which establishes why she could possibly be there later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cut to... Caritas! Lauren is being shitty to the bartender again. Fuck you, Lauren. Okay, but I love you in every other way, Lauren. It's fine. Um, It's a little different from him because he owns the place, so he's not being shitty to the bartender as as a customer. Yeah, I don't like shitty bosses, though, either. yeah, but... Like, especially because... As we established last time he was shitty to the bartender, it was yeah. kind of his own fucking fault. Like, stock it better. Right. But what? no, Cardos <laughs> is fucking hopping today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quote of the day. Got two lines here leaning up to it. Lauren says to Angel, uh, you should have booked in advance. I don't think we can get you on stage tonight. And Angel says, I'm not here to sing. And here's the quote. Lauren says, Oh, is that what you're calling it now? hey <laughs> Yeah, because Angel can't sing. No. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently it's packed because of fucking lawyers. When did this place become a lawyer bar? God damn it. Well, of course they would know about it, and it's probably not the free nachos bringing in the morally ambiguous types, as he calls them, referring to the lawyers. Oh, God, I want nachos. Ooh, right? Yeah, no, I had too many nachos the last couple weeks. That's fine. Uh, Angel gets a little bit angry at the sight of said lawyers because he's just a big, dumb fucking Labrador retriever. And uh, Angel demands that Lorne tell him everything he knows from reading them, which Lorne, of course, refuses based on patient-client confidentiality. Even the fucking mind-reading demon has better HIPAA standards than the fucking doctor on Buffy. <laughs> No, he doesn't. <laughs> he still tells Angel everything. Yeah, but well, no, he doesn't tell him everything. He tells him what he heard in the men's room. He, and then he also tells him other things that he didn't hear in the men's room. Well, it, it was ambiguous. Speaking of morally ambiguous, I think Lauren might be slightly morally ambiguous. He had to uh, he had to say no a couple of times before he said, oh, oh, you big brute, you big, strong, sexy brute. You beat it right out of me. How dare you? but yeah anyway lauren gives angel the information about the 75 the 75 year review and that it is by some super evil senior partner dun 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 commercial break yep a very poorly placed commercial break because we come back and we're still at caritas and apparently just like a few minutes later yeah they just moved to a table yeah and Uh, angel's still just badgering Lauren, poor Lauren. Angel's like, you have to tell me. Badger, Lauren's like, badger, I don't want to. Badger, badger, you have to tell me. Badger, badger, I don't want to. Badger, 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 mushroom. I'm going to th- start throwing shit snake, at you again. I'm going to start throwing shit at you again. 
snake is badger 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 oh not the paper towel i didn't i didn't want to hit badger 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 recording okay um that joke is 20 years old just like the show we're reviewing how appropriate so uh angel claims that getting to the senior partners is his own destiny therefore he deserves to know how to do it by using the readings of these other people and Lauren uh, nearly directly contradicts this by telling him that all these rituals he's been stopping all over town mean nothing they are merely the acts of scared children yeah. almost almost literally that are trying to earn some last minute brownie points oh this is where Lauren does give some pretty solid information he says that the senior partner can be killed because he will be in this reality and there's apparently a stipulation that that's part of this reality. If a demon can manifest here, they can be killed. Pretty much, yeah. Which, I think if I were a demon, I would avoid the mortal coil. Like, why would you come here if you can die here? Well, living in fear is no way to live at all. You know, you know sometimes you gotta, you gotta live it up a little. You gotta take a risk sometime. I mean, you're, I you're a big, scary, evil demon god. Yeah. Of course he thinks he's immortal anyway. He doesn't Fair. think anybody's going to fucking run at him with the one thing on the planet that's enchanted to be able to kill him with, you know? I suppose. The hubris, man. The hubris. He is evil. Evil demons are known for hubris. Yep. Yeah, they are. Attracts. Attracts. This one, uh, well, we'll get there. So, uh, it seems to me, Angel tends to lean a little heavily on cheating his way through these big issues that he has because if it's his destiny doesn't that mean he'll get there one way or another well yeah but he always has to run to lauren and be like it's my destiny you have to tell me or at least this time he's doing that yeah like if he really believed it was his destiny then he'd just be like i'm gonna pick a direction and run yeah and like assume that that that's what he's supposed to do and that's what lauren should tell him i mean that's also the problem with destiny in any way shape or form is like the question of are you actually making decisions if that's the case like if you have if fate exists then nothing we do actually like is free will oh that old conversation no yeah. fate but what we make exactly john connor solved it back in the 90s it's fine so lauren <laughs> is a big old pushover and he coughs up a couple bullet point tip-offs We've got the Band of Black Nil and Home Office. Yeah. Whatever those things mean. Oh, also, don't forget the important part. The lawyers want him dead. They very... See, uh, see, there's some people over there. If you look really stealthily, you might notice these people that are five feet away from you giving you the absolute creepy death stare. It kind of had this mo that moment when you're like, okay, okay, now don't be obvious but look behind you and check that person out. <laughs> and then half I said, don't be obvious. <laughs> and then half the room is just <laughs> giving you the death daggers. Ooh, man. Good thing you were stealthy. I don't think they noticed you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of John Wickish. A little bit. Yeah. Because, like, obviously they would have tried to kill him if they hadn't been on sacred ground or whatever they call it in John Wick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, neutral ground. Something like that. Well, it was the name of the underground facility 
Yeah, fuck. God, it's been a little bit since I've seen him. Okay. You know what we're this talking about. This isn't a John Wick podcast. Yeah, go watch John Wick. It's a cool show. It's fucking awesome. And it stars our Lord, Lord and Savior, Keanu Reeves. Yes. Reeves, be with you, Josh. Keanu Speed. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Cut to Los Angel full investigations. <laughs> it's just full of Angel because Angel bursts into his own namesake business front where he is ironically not particularly welcome. No, no, no. Be- before that, we go to the hotel because we go to the hotel and he is trying to research, but all the books are gone. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah. I must have been thinking about something else. It happens. Probably chicken. It's a mostly nothing scene, but, you know, it points out that like he tries to research but he can't because all the books are gone Ah. and then he busts into the new offices okay and then he's like i need these books and Cordy's like no you don't you can't have these books i'm reading them you know honestly they probably would have heard him out if he wasn't such a big fucking nutsack about it right he just struts right in scrambles through the bookshelf and cordelia stands up to him really well by the way wesley again plays the peacekeeper role and Tells her to just let him take the book and just let him go. And Angel borderline threatens Cordelia. Yeah. He says, don't make me move you. Which, while this is not a violent threat, it is very much a sign that he is willing to cross a boundary of previously held respect and trust between him and Cordelia. Yeah. And that's what really hurt. You know? Honestly, yeah. Because, I mean, we've had a few moments in the last few episodes where he's pointedly been keeping his distance from them because he doesn't know how to confront the issue. Yeah. But this is really the first time that he has any actual confrontation (laughs) with them. And obviously, he wouldn't have done it if he didn't have to. But he also could have been way less of a dick about it. Why has he got to be such a big dick? I don't know, though. Big dick boy? There are obvious, uh, obviously other answers of where he can look this shit up because he does so later. Right? So, like, he didn't have to go this route. Well, and I think what they're trying to establish, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're going to find out real soon, is that they're showing that he's unable to find other sources that are reliable and he keeps tapping them out. People keep getting hurt or they're bad sources of information. Merle... For instance, obviously, we're about to meet Denver again. I'm not going to go too far into that because we'll get there. Anyway, that's that's what they're doing is they're setting this up to be, uh, oh, I need to go crawling back to Wes and Cordy and gun. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously he needs them. We've known it for several episodes. Anyway, so he leaves when Wesley lets him take the book. uh, He actually like stands up and yells. And it apparently tears his stitches. Yeah. Which, ow. (laughs) Yeah, he does stand up, doesn't he? Yeah. I I guess I didn't really notice that. Uh, But Cordelia is going on about some spiel about Angel needing to get laid, but he can't because of the curse. But at least then they could kill him if he lost his soul. All the while, Wesley is feebly protesting from his wheelchair because, like you said, he started to bleed profusely from his bullet wound stitches. Yep. Uh, What's funny about that 
if there's anything funny about it, this is what I find funny. I had entirely forgotten ab- about him getting shot in the previous episode. And <laughs> up to this point, I honestly thought he was just wheeling around in the chair as a whimsical and not particularly sensitive joke. <laughs> I thought that they had so few chairs, but they happened to have a wheelchair that he was just wheeling around (laughs) for fun. (laughs) And uh, and you're taking my word for things about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, everybody. (laughs) This is your co-host of Beer with Buffy and Ale with Angel. Coming at you. Don't worry. They expect me to be right about things and you to be funny. Sure. Let's go with that. I'm just saying that that seems to be what people expect. And, if you say you know, so. Sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes you're not funny. <laughs> like right now, you were just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was funny. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, anyway. So yeah, he starts to bleed and that... Uh, makes Cordy stop going on her rant about Angel having sex. Because some people here actually care about their friends. Yeah. Oh, it's Cordy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And not Angel. Uh, it's, sometimes it just takes her a minute to uh, to get her attention. You know? Yes. She's a little inattentive. I can relate. Totally fine. I have that issue yeah, sometimes. She's a normal person. It's great. Cut to the LAPTA conference room. Yes, where there's a a big bad hearing going on. A review, if you will. Oh, I will. (laughs) It's a less evil review than the the 75-year evil review. Not much. But it's still a room full of cops. (laughs) Like I said... Oh, a cab. So Kate gets canned because she's gone off the deep end, according to them, and never took any personal time after the death of her father. Everything they say just reads of like, you know what? We don't like her anymore. They've made up their minds. They pretend to let her try to defend herself, but they've exactly they're clearly cocked and loaded and know exactly how this is going to end. And she even calls it. They're like, well, you have to say something, Kate. And she's like, what? Say what? You literally just laid out all of my history on the table with no context and expect me to explain. It's before it's time, kind of. A little. Uh, Because it very strongly just reeks of, oh, this other cop was like, hey, this cop's causing shit with me. Mm -hmm. Trying to fucking call me on my bullshit, which is, of course, summoning zombies. But... We can't let this good cop be in our bullshit and calling us out on our bullshit. And so they shit can her because that's what they do to cops who try and be like, hey, don't do bad things. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. You know, I I really wanted to make a, a joke here that the least believable part of all this is that they would ever fire someone internally with no outside political pressure. But there is sufficient internal political pressure. Yeah. So that'll do it. And we all know that that's the number one reason why cops get fired. Probably. Yeah. Uh, oh, they also offer to pay for her psychological help through the through the city plan. Yeah. Well, part of her severance, and she should get the severance. But, like, also, um, yay. I think it's just kind of an extra little fuck you because these kind of people don't believe in mental health. 
Right. It's just a <laughs> stigma to them. Well, yeah, they, they're, like, they're labeling her as crazy and they're like, oh, crazy people need mental health. We'll pay for that. Yeah, they're just they're just fucking with her. It's just a, they're sticking it in and breaking it off. Sticking it in and breaking it off. Just like the last line on her way out. This fucking guy, apparently his name is Lou. Right. He's like, I'm just glad your father's not around to see this. Yeah. Kate really shows an immense amount of restraint here. Not leaping across the table and choking this fucker until his fucking grandchildren pass out. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> Cut to the bookstore. Yes, I random bookstore. I believe it's called Book City. Oh. Uh, Book City, where we see Denver again. We first met Denver in 1920s. Mm, he 50s. was a beatnik. No, it's the 50s. I thought it was the 20s. I'm pretty sure it was the 20s. 52. Looking at the wiki. Oh. He'd well, be so old, he'd be fucking oh, yeah, super fair. geriatric in the year 2000. No, you're right. Yeah. Because well, he was... Uh, I wonder why it said- He was approximately 30 in 1952, and now he's plus wrong, 50. Now he's in his 80s. He still looks too young yeah. for that. So we first met Denver in the 1950s in the episode about the hotel. Yep. It was um, it was titled Are You Now or Have You Ever Been if you want to go back and check it out. Yes, yes. He returns there to get more information and apparently this dude just has all the information. He's he, he's he is a good resource. Yeah. He should have been going to this guy all along. Well, should have hired this guy. That like this guy should be a watcher, but it's like and he has to know about the watchers council. Right. right. But, well, he was also in the 50s, he was a beatnik. Yeah. So, like, he probably is not all about that authoritarian bullshit. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, he knows all about what's going on. He knows that he doesn't know what the home office is. Okay, yeah. But he does know. He has a good idea. Right. He does know that the senior partner is a a Klanak demon. And he also knows that it has this ring, which is the the ring of Blacknell. That, yep. And that allows him to jump dimensions. Correct. And uh, he recognizes Angel immediately. Yep. And is like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in 50 years, but you changed my life. You're the vampire who wanted to help humans. And uh, Angel, of course, immediately shits all over that as much right. as possible. Like, well, I left them all to die. I, so eh. quote, quote of the day here, Denver says... Hey, how'd that go anyway? It was a Thessalac paranoia demon, if I recall. Yeah, I don't know. I think he killed everyone. Oh, well, uh, you know, point is you tried. Actually, I pretty much walked out and let the demon have the place and everyone in it. Huh. Well, Denver is still not entirely perturbed or put off by this. Right. Never mind that everything he based his life on for the last 50 years just became kind of a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to know more about this dude's story. Yeah. Like, like what super did he, interesting. What did he start doing differently? Obviously not much, because he's still running the bookstore yeah. 50 years later. Well, they probably also direct, but changed, like, what books he bought, how he traded them, how it he dealt with information. Definitely seemed to make him less jaded. Yeah. You know, he realized that there are gray areas to demons. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe he got to know some other fucking demons and shit and I like perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely could have fleshed out his character more. 
um, instead of killing him only moments later. Yeah. But, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's what happens, but hey, anything's possible, right? So uh, Denver, with little prodding, offers up the info that uh, the Band of Blacknell is a ring that is often used by entities to manifest as Klanak demons and move freely between dimensions, uh, which sounds like... Did you think of this? It sounds like something Glory would find extremely useful. Yeah, it does. Actually. I sure hope she doesn't find out about it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> no, but really, that'd be that'd be an excellent crossover plot, if you ask me. It would, but they don't do that. Well, way to ruin it for me. <laughs> I. It honestly seems like something that could still come up, but I don't remember, and I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. But, but yeah, probably not. I don't know. Basically, Angel's plan is to go to the home office, kill all the senior partners. Using the ring. Using the ring. And Denver tells him, oh, well, in order to do that, you need this glove, which isn't a glove. It's a fucking gauntlet, for fuck's sake. This glove has been blessed, I guess, and it can kill a demon by just grabbing it by the throat. It's a magic glove. Specifically for exactly what he's doing right and now. And hey, you know what? Denver just happens to have it. Yeah. And you know what? You can have it, Angel. No charge. Yeah. Even though he just said that Angel would be fucking crazy to try it. But you know what? I happen to be the only person on the planet who could tell you how to do this. And you know what? You really did change my life. He bleeds out from the mouth. Yeah. And uh, he Angel makes the mistake of seeing the the sword pierce, sorry, impale Denver. Sure. And then he steps towards Denver and gets himself impaled on What's the wrong, sword. Denver? Looks like you got a little sword coming out of your stomach yeah, there. You a got little a little, sword, just a little, got little, little stomachache? Maybe some, maybe some antacids. You need some Tums? <laughs> <laughs> I can get you... You need an Advil? <laughs> How about a Band-Aid? I, you got a little blood there. A little bit of blood. A little bit. It's, you know, honestly, I wish you wouldn't... I wish you wouldn't wear your blood like that. It's kind of tempting me a little too much. <laughs> I don't really appreciate that. Uh, no, But no, it turns out that standing behind Denver is Darla. Dar- Darla? Yeah, Darla. Oh, Darla. Yeah, Darla. Darla? So Darla. 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 Oh, Darla. Yes. Darla. Darla. Yeah. She's right there. Who? Darla. Darla. <laughs> I'm not sorry, everybody. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right, right there. Yeah, right, right there. there. She criticizes Angel for stepping towards the stabbing victim to be stabbed, mm-hmm. uh, and then steals the glove. Yeah, it's not about revenge, though. It's about power. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to kick you in the face over power, not revenge. I hope that you know what it doesn't matter. Kick you in the face. Right in the face. Yeah, right in the face. Right in the face. God, I can't imagine what it feels like to get kicked in the face. You know, yeah, I don't really ever want to find <laughs> out. I've been punched in the face, and that was quite painful. I've been punched in the face a lot in my life, mm-hmm. actually. I don't remember most of it, though, so... Yay, trauma! <laughs> oh, God. I can hold a note for a long time. <laughs> actually, I can hold a note forever. But eventually, that's just noise. It's the change we're listening for. The note coming after and the one after that. That's what makes it music.
Uh, a quick rewind <laughs> to uh, before Denver died. Quote of the day here. Denver says, to kill the Klanak and get the ring, you need the glove. Angel says, okay, now you're just making this up. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious because I'm like, yeah, this all seems a little too easy. And it's starting to sound like we're playing Zelda. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> well, you need the ring to do this. You need the glove before you can get the ring. Yeah. It's a demon. You need the bracelets and the raft. Yep. The like ladder step stool thing. Yeah. You need a bow and arrow, but they have to have special properties imbued yeah. into them. Yeah. Sure. You got to collect all the extra rupees to get the fucking larger bomb bag. Yeah, definitely. If you see a bush, try to light it on fire. Yes. Or just, you know, swing at it with a sword. And don't forget, there... most importantly, go to cemeteries and push gravestones around. Yeah, we ghosts. There's no possible negative sur- negative repercussions to this. Ghosts are very useful. <laughs> Remember this. <laughs> and if you see any very large insects, they have money inside them. Yes. Or you need to put them in a jar. <laughs> if you see any small women with wings, <laughs> trap them in a jar. Occasionally you can eat them. It'll pick you right up. Have you ever seen The Legend of Neil? <laughs> yes, actually. Good. <laughs> I don't remember much about it, but that'd well, be the worth fa- The fairy heals Neil <laughs> with sex. Oh, dear God. Yeah. It's hilarious. I still think it's funny. Just eat this tiny whatever. Okay. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Darla gets off, get, runs off with the glove. Stabby, stabby, yoink. Uh, cut to Wesley's apartment where he's having a, a, a kind of a talk with Virginia. Their relationship is still going strong for now. that sounds like you know something rex i might weird uh wesley and virginia have this heartwarming conversation and cuddle session uh and they're discussing how dangerous his job is and how it never really occurred to her that he could get shot (laughs) even if it was by a a zombie hey this is one of my quotes of the day uh because he says the gun, the gun was fired by a zombie. If that makes you feel any better, yeah, because she's just that sentence. That sentence is beautifully absurd. The gun was fired by a zombie. If that makes you feel any better, exactly. I, like, the, the lead up to that was also quite good, because uh, she's like, "Well, I, I didn't think you could get hurt on this." And then in one sentence, he lays out beautifully how they met. Right? Yeah. You were strapped to a sacrificial altar while the goddess Yesco was called forth from the nether regions to consume you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but I grew up with all that stuff. Come but on. But this is guns. Guns are they are just too real. Yeah. So uh, she asks if he could ever think of giving up the good fight. And he counters asking if she could ever be with someone who could give that up. And they leave us on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Where a little bit. Uh, Wesley says, this is difficult for you, isn't it? And she says, ah, you know, I just don't like to see you hurt. And he says, no, I mean, I mean, breaking up with me. Yeah. Which I I misinterpreted the look on her face originally as 
fuck no, I want to bang you till your entrails fall out. <laughs> uh, but preferably without making your entrails fall out. Because I misheard his line where he says, no, I mean breaking up with me. I heard, are you breaking up with me? Question mark. Very different sentences. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That, yeah, that would make it a very ambiguous ending to the scene. So I rewatched it and then read the... Yeah. The thing. It's not a very ambiguous end to the scene. Like... The look on her face is very much like, oh, yeah. She's I guess like, damn, I you got me. Yeah. Wesley is one insightful fucker. Like, he's he is way more intelligent than he often portrays himself. Mm-hmm. And way more, way, way more aware of what's going on around him. One time I knew I was being broken up with, and I didn't lie that I thought I was having a heart attack, but I knowingly delayed it. By making a big deal out of it. <laughs> I legitimately, like, we were in the car, and I was like, I'm sorry, we have to go to the fucking emergency room right now because I think I'm having a heart attack. And it wasn't even because I knew that I was being broken up with. I was just under a lot of stress about a lot of other things at the time as well. <laughs> and that was before you knew that they were called panic attacks. Uh, Oh, no, I knew. That doesn't make them less oh, yeah. scary when you have them. I've never had I've never really had a panic attack so I wouldn't know. Well, there was the one, but that was drug induced. That wasn't a panic attack, that was a fractured reality attack. That was being poisoned. You yes. were you were poisoned. Yes. So, if anybody wants details on that, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to leave that one in the ether. Uh, congratulations, you have one more mystery to wonder about. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy doing that to you. Fuck a doodle do. Yeah, anyway, uh, Virginia's breaking up with him. It's sad. (laughs) Sad piano. Sad piano. Cut to Kate's house where Kate returns home to drink and cry and there's more sad piano. Hooray. I mean, this is the sad piano episode, Josh. It's the sad piano episode. Well, it's one of them. Uh, Yeah, she looks very defeated. She has a nice little breakdown, shoves all the shit off her shelves and just has a banger of a meltdown and i'm like what are you crying about i thought that was a very efficient way to clear the shelf (laughs) to store your box of shit (laughs) that you know the obligatory box of shit that everyone who's ever been fired in a tv show or movie walks away with there's a lamp there's some papers well i think it's when anyone has an office a pencil cup People with offices, like, have stuff at work. I think it's funny that they always have office supplies sticking out of it and not really personal items. Depends. <laughs> I've seen both. I didn't really look. I don't know what was in her box. I have no idea. I'm just being an insensitive asshole because I find it funny and highly inappropriate. You're not wrong. Yay. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, banger of a meltdown. Cut to outside Wolferman Hart. Yeah, where Lila enters the building with bodyguards who Angel takes out with outrageous ease. Outrageous ease. And I like how he's like, what's wrong, Lila? Not parking in the underground lot anymore? Because of the last time she was in the underground lot and he was in the car. And he uh, celeritied into and out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that, you know, might traumatize. That might traumatize someone. Yeah. Yeah. Even someone as evil as her. She's definitely more evil than than Lindsay. Oh, way more evil. Yeah. Yeah. She like does she, not give a shit. She's game for this job where Lindsay is is iffy. Yeah, he's got too much of a conscience. 
But anyway, he forces her. She's like, what do you want from me? He grabs her hand and he's like, it's a good line. It's a good line. Same thing I wanted from Lindsay. And if you recall, he cut off Lindsay's hand and used it for his fingerprints to get into the building. So he uses her hand, but still attached to her arm to get into the building. Uh, And she's informing him during that security will be waiting and he's counting on it. And then she notices him wince in pain at his abdominal injury. If you recall the sword way to show your fucking cards, man, you're better than this angel. I know. Right. Yeah. The, you know, you remember the, the the bloody impalement stick. Yeah. Uh, The one, you know, the impalement stick when, when Darla pulled it out, that is now what swords are called. The bloody impalement sticks. Yeah, if you remember, bloody if, impalement stick fighting. If you recall, it made a sexy squelching noise. It did, and he made gleeful moaning noises. As, I don't know that I would cl- I would classify those as gleeful. As she pulled it out, he went, "Oh, he loves his pain. He loves it." I mean, you know, he probably does though, because it makes him something to be sad about, and therefore more broody. You know, he's probably just filled with macaroni. Now that I think of it. If I were a vampire and I could eat real food, I would just constantly be shoveling <laughs> macaroni into my mouth. And but you know, I don't, like, uh, I don't okay. think they poop. He would just be filled with macaroni. I and so when I you stab do, him, I do greatly enjoy mac and cheese, <laughs> but I don't know that I enjoy mac and cheese to that degree. Well, we'll see when you become a vampire. We'll see because it is inevitable. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. I will eventually and become a vampire. Whichever one of us becomes a vampire first, we're going to turn the other into a vampire. Right. Because why the fuck would we want to face eternity alone? That'd be lame. That'd be boring. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to make us a big old fucking pot of macaroni and cheese. Straight up craft. I don't know how I feel about this. Well, start liking it, bro. Be- believe it or not. I don't. Believe it or not, I prefer... The Meyer store brand to craft mac and cheese. Oh, ditto. Yeah. Act- well, I used to. It's not that good anymore. They changed it. Oh, did they? Yeah. I haven't had it in a while because generally if I make mac and cheese, I make it from scratch. Right. Because that's how I try to cook most things now. You know, that's okay too. It's only a little blasphemous. Uh-uh. Um, a little blasphemous. Yeah. I make amazing mac and cheese, my friend. All right. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm married to the brand name. What are you going to do? Just a little bit of shameless plugging here. That's all. Fucking consumer. Yeah, that's me. Gross. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. When we're vampires, we'll take over the corporations. Oh, Who do you think's yeah. running them now? Yeah, Right. <laughs> well, demons, not really. Yeah, I mean, Wolfram and Hart is headed by demons. Exactly. But. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. Anyway, 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 we cut to a phone call between Wesley and Cordy. Wesley's trying to c- encourage Cordy to go out uh, while he is telling her that he's not going to go be in tomorrow. He's he's just feeling a bit under the weather, having been shot recently. And uh, just having been broken up with. Right, but he doesn't tell her that. Yeah, I really thought he was gonna, but he, he held it back. And uh, she's like, well, I don't have any friends either. And he's like... 
well, thank you. And she's like, oh, you know, I didn't mean it like that. Of course, well, you he, don't he count. He specifically says that, it, that it's not true that she doesn't have friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I skipped a line. You know, because he, My bad. he very specifically is like, no, you have friends. And then they have like, a big... I'm your friend. Yeah, exactly. And they have a big mushy moment. And he's like, oh, Cordy, it'll get better. And she says she'll call him tomorrow and check on him. And he's like, I'd like that a lot. That sounds lovely. Cheerio. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't lie. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. As <laughs> soon as she hangs up, she gets a call from Mrs. Sharp. Yes. The mom of the demon eyeball girl. Hey, I have a check for you with lots of zeros. Money, 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 money. You know what you can buy with money? Shoes, 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 shoes. <laughs> shopping, shopping, shopping. Come over. It's only 30 miles out of the way. Not me. And Cordy's like, you know, you make a good point. And uh, at the promise of payment for shoes, 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 shoes. Uh, we cut to uh, Miss Sharp's house after yes. the phone call hangs up. And there's some sort of demon there. There's a big, scary demon dude. And Miss Sharp is dead all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming she's dead. Most people can't survive such uh, twisting of their necks. sudden cracking neck yeah. trauma. Yeah. He, like, reaches out. And she's like, "Some one of them is on their way over. And he strokes her hair. Snap! Crackle yeah. pop. I think she's probably dead. Yeah, probably. Oh, and uh, I that's, bet you, I bet you that that demon is one of the demons that they, the demon that they mentioned that was hatching out of the girl's head. They, I wonder if that's related. Actually, like, what I think happened is they hired a collector demon, and he's ooh. just really good at his job. So there it is. I, but or he's that's very evil. They're not evil. No, I mean maybe they're a little evil. Please, can't I have just a little evil? But if Miss Sharp is dead, the check would be void, wouldn't it? Eh, you can just, uh, you know, fudge it. You can just fudge it. It's fine. They can write themselves into the will or something. I don't know. <laughs> you got to get that payment. You got to pay them bills. <laughs> I don't think that they would have conjured a demon to collect. Lame. All right. It's very likely that it could be the same demon that bit the daughter. It seems likely. Yeah. I hope that's where they go with that. I really hope so. We don't find out this episode, though. So cut over to the Gerba Thump Thump. Where there's a review going on. And the Six Flags guy is annoyingly <laughs> um, sidling up to <laughs> Lindsay and going... <laughs> That fucking guy. Yeah, you know the one. He's in this episode and he's... Well, you might not know the one. You might be too young to know the one. We're old, though. Google it. So he tells Lindsay that his co-partner isn't there yet. Tisk tisk Like tisk. it's Lindsay's fucking fault. Exactly! Oh, excuse me. All right, fire her. I Give me the role, you know, solo, and it'll be fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Ha <laughs> ha also, since when the fuck does management care about being on time, except as a way to control low-level workers? Other management, they can be as late as they fucking want. Or right? they can go golf for a month at a time. It's fine. I mean, there's also this whole fucking part where it's like, Lindsay and Lila are middle management. Yeah. Like, isn't the job of upper, upper management to protect and coddle middle management? Probably. I mean, I that's know. in my experiences. That's what middle management does. Yeah, as long as they have an they angry phone call every other day, it's fine. Yeah. I don't. It, yeah. No, this this doesn't really track to me. But whatever. Let's take it at face value. Yeah. And so again, apparently that's the the least realistic thing in this room. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> 
So, lawyers summoning a demon for an, a seventy-five year review—way more believable. You know than what? That. that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. But <laughs> fucking uh, psh, management being late at a party—it's it's, right. well, it's not really a party. I guess it is the review. It's a meeting. I don't know. I think I saw snacks in the corner. Well, of course they would have snacks. They're very overfunded. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, someone tells Six Flags guy that a vampire has entered the floor. And, oh, look, there's a vampire there suddenly. Yeah. In in all of his infinite upper management wisdom, <laughs> he barks at this lackey to fucking handle it. And I'm like, whoa, that's good management. Genius. That's why they pay you the big bucks, you fucking child. Hey, don't give an order that isn't already going to be followed. <laughs> that's what I say. Okay. It's a bad joke. Maybe That's fine. Gotcha. All right. So Angela and Lila just stroll up all hostage situation into the middle yeah. of this crowded room uh, with their crack team of security on the job. Yep. Oh, we, we want to talk crack team here. Lila elbows Angel in the gut where he's been impaled uh -huh. and then gets away from him. And then Angel literally just jumps back and then like steps around a fucking column. And he's just gone. And nobody chases after him. Nobody. Lindsay, like, rushes over there, but he can't find him because he stepped around a fucking column. Well, he's got celerity, Rex. But he didn't use it. Yeah, there wasn't anything dramatic enough for him to use it on. He just stepped around a fucking column, and nobody's looking for him. And once he's out of sight, these NPCs, they're just like, yeah, must have been the wind. It I shit you not, it's exactly like in Skyrim when your fucking sneak is high enough. You just fucking crouch and it's like, oh, he's gone. Let me guess. Someone stole your sweet roll. <laughs> That's why Angel's so broody. <laughs> Someone stole his sweet roll. Yeah. Yeah. I would be sad too. And then he took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He used to be an adventurer <laughs> like us. And then he took an arrow to the knee. That's too fucking bad, man. Arrow to the knee. He'll do it every time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lindsay, of all people, has to yell and point at them for anyone to notice that right. Lila is under duress by the most recognizable vampire in the entire fucking city, let alone in that particular fucking building. It's almost like Angel didn't walk into Wolfram and Hart at all. Yeah. It's more like he walked into <laughs> the Plot Hole Emporium. Oh, I was hoping this would show up. Welcome, Rex, to the Plot Hole Emporium. Do you feel like your plots are getting flimsy and poorly laid out? Do you keep getting <laughs> slapped in the face with a big floppy halibut? You're not alone. <laughs> Let us support your flimsy plots by bracing them with some limp character motivation and floppy world building. <laughs> Need your main characters to sweat a bit? Why not have his ex-girlfriend keep showing up for an entire season just to sabotage his every move, but still be completely predictable? There's nothing misogynist about it at all. We promise. But wait, there's more. How about the giant evil corporation that thwarts his every move still can't keep him out of the building? We call it stormtrooping. <laughs> nothing makes your hero look like more of a hero than fighting some fish in a barrel that couldn't catch a cold if it sneezed on them. So Come on down to buy one plot at full price and get two more holes at 50% off of equal or lesser value. <laughs> but do I really want one plot with two holes? Yes! 
Why wouldn't you? That'd be silly otherwise. <laughs> you big dumb galoot. Don't make me slap you with a fish again. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. Ah, thank you. <laughs> with the hell of it. <laughs> Specifically. Yes. Where were we at? Lila uh, elbows Angel's sore spot. He runs off. Yeah. Uh, uh, he looks around the room. He sees a woman from behind, realizes it's Darla. There's no real indication as to why he realizes it's Darla. He just knows. Oh, he can smell her from across the state. I mean, also probably that. Um, Rips a wig off of this I random find, brunette. I find it funny that uh, security knew when he showed up on the floor, but not when she did. Right. She's also a vampire. And also not allowed to be there. Yeah. It's not like she was an exception. Yeah. They're scared of her now because she kind of murdered a lot of them. Yeah. A whole bunch. Uh, quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he whips he, some holy water in her face. Yeah. He whips some holy water in her face after r- ripping the wig off her head. Um, They fight over the gauntlet because it's not a glove. Correct. He gets the gauntlet from her just as the demon arrives. We don't really get a good look at the demon, but he's in a robe. He has the ring. Angel quickly puts the gauntlet on and and leaps at him. Yeah. Yeah. Security's over there. They've got, um, they're pinning down Darla. And after Angel successfully grapples the gauntlet away from her, Lila yells at them to stake the bitch. Lindsay punches her in the face, which was wonderful. Right. Lindsay, you know, I'm <laughs> not going to go there. Okay. Lindsay also <laughs> tackles security off of Darla to save her. He... Defends Darla twice here. Yep. He, boy, he's really got it bad for her. And then Angel readies the gauntlet as the Klanak demon finishes becoming corporeal and immediately rushes him and grabs his face with the gauntlet. Yeah. Which immediately turns him to ash. But Angel just <laughs> has so much momentum that he carries right on through the window and falls to a bloody death. Just kidding. He lands you might with, say that he defenestrated himself. One might say. And uh, you know what? I did. Yeah. I did just say that. Yeah. Not you. I said it. He defenestrates himself. <laughs> and he lands with hardly a scratch on him. And so does the ring right next to him. Like, no problem, bro. You know, I get it. Vampires are tough. But I think falling from that height would do something. Something. Yeah. Like... He can be stabbed with a sword for fuck's sake. No, sorry, sorry. What what did you call it? His bloody impalement stick. Yes. Yes. If he can if he can get stabbed with a bloody impalement stick, then falling <laughs> from such a height will would do some damage. One might suspect. Yeah. But it doesn't. And the no. ring lands right next to him. And he's like, "Ooh, look, I found this ring." And he puts it on, and I was kind of like I knew it wouldn't happen, but I thought it would have been cool if he like turned invisible like it was Sauron's ring. Oh, right. Like, yeah. That would have been cool. I thought it was funny that there was a homeless guy with a big old cart <laughs> right yeah. in the shot. Just witnessed this guy fall out of a whatever story window that was. Dude lives in L.A. He's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, just another night in L.A. Just another Friday night. <laughs> I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring that in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you. 
put no Angel puts the ring on and a fucking elevator opens on the door on the building next to him. Yeah. And an exterior elevator. Yeah. Which not unheard of, I guess. Guess who it is, Josh? Who is it, Rex? It's your favorite lawyer. Holland. Holland. Oh my god, I I missed you so much. I I say I say I missed you so much, my boy. <laughs> Welcome back. But it is it is in fact Holland. It is not someone who it is not a demon or any any sort of entity that looks like Holland. No. It is Holland and he is very much still dead. A little bit. But as he A lot of it. He informs us that his contract extends beyond death. Uh well beyond death, my boy. Yeah, it, and uh, uh fuck that. And yeah, and he's like, hold on to your britches, son. We're about to have quite a long trip down this elevator into, I say, what you might say, a hell. (laughs) The home office, I do declare. So I say, I say, there is nothing to win, my boy. I say we simply have always been and always will be. You see... I say, I say the evil is in the hearts of everyone, you see. So now go on, go on along and get back. (laughs) Get back to your regular evil earth known as the home office. Get, go on, get, I say. Okay, I get the point that Holland is making here. And that is that there isn't a home office. Because evil is in the heart of all men, and without that, that is why they exist. Wolfram and Hart will always be around, because evil will always exist within man. But... Oh no, Earth is hell. There's still a home office. There's still... Where the fuck are the senior partners if not in the home office? Yeah, this was definitely a diversion tactic. Like, what the fuck? That demon... Manifested in from somewhere that was not this dimension, exactly. it, would, it would seem. Like... Also, that elevator didn't seem like part of the original infrastructure. No. <laughs> Maybe it was. Also but, problematic. But also, like, why? Why take the elevator ride if the elevator's going nowhere? <laughs> to give them... You know, a little privacy and time to have that conversation. I guess. Talking like a chicken. Because fuck a doodle do, Rex. But yeah, the whole end of it is basically what's more evil than reality. Hell. Sad piano. Number two. Mwap, 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 mwap. That's not a piano. It's more of a uh, yeah trumpet or a, a, a trombone. trombone. Yeah, I think that's trombone. It can be either. Maybe. You can. They use the plunger thingy to make it do the wop oh, yeah, sound yeah, effect. Yeah, you're but right. trombone, you're gonna get more of a slidey. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, congratulations. How do I know that? I shouldn't know that. I find it upsetting either way. I, it is. Definitely. It's upsetting to me. <laughs> but <laughs> Holland does give Angel one thing. He gives him the gift of the broody. Yeah. Oh, boy. Like he didn't have enough. Right? No, we get what I I will call from here on out the sad piano montage. (laughs) Because Angel's all sad and broody. And Wesley is all sad and broody. And Cordy isn't really all that sad and broody. But she's getting ready to leave to go get money. So, like, she's happy. 
She's gonna be sad and broody when she gets there. Yeah, because the money isn't real. But yeah, and the the dead person and the yeah. demon definitely will be. And then Kate is being all sad and broody. Very. Yeah. Yeah. She's dangerously sad and yeah. broody. She's taking some pills, yeah. and it looks like she might be taking more than she should be. Yeah. So Angel returns home to the hotel to hear Kate leaving a message on his machine, uh, which he has not changed the message. It still says Angel Investigations. Oh, still Cordy. Yeah. And she's explaining how Angel is the reason why everything sucks. Definitely still blaming him for a lot of things. Yeah, so... Uh, she's got some shit to work through. She's in the act of committing suicide. It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, definitely drinking a bottle of vodka while taking well, the, any kind of prescription drugs is yeah. a bad idea all by itself. I mean, yeah, but the the wiki actually like confirmed it. Oh, okay. That, that is exactly what she is doing. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's is, a sarcastic cool. Yeah, it's not a good... Okay. And then fucking Angel turns the machine off. Yep. Yep. Fuck you, Angel. Pretty shitty. Fuck you, Angel. He goes up to his room and Darla pops up behind him in his room. He drops the ring. He's like, you looking for this? Drops it right next to him. It's bait. She goes for it. He grabs her, roughs her up a bit. Things get... Pins her against the wall. Kisses her. Things get sexy pretty quick because you know vampires. They like it rough. Yeah. And uh, they, they almost showed David Boreanaz's ass. I think there was a, a minutia of crack. We got some plumber's I, crack. I didn't catch that. I think there was. Then they definitely, they bang. Yeah, def, definitely bang. Yeah, violent, violently bang. Because nothing really matters. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> can see. Nothing really matters. Five minutes later... Thunder crash, boom bang, Angel wakes up. Clutches at his chest. Oh no! And it's a mirror of the scene in Surprise when he got his soul back. Or when he lost his soul. I've got heartburn. Uh, Because he hasn't lost his soul at all because sex isn't what makes him happy. It was a hate bang, if anything. That's my theory. it It was definitely a hate bang. It was definitely angry, angry sex. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something in your eye. So how do you feel about this episode, Josh? Well, I mean... So you don't think he really lost his soul, do you? I don't think he lost his soul no. at all. Otherwise, I wouldn't have ruined it before the Gerard. No, I don't think he lost his soul. Okay. Because they've obviously, they've played the Angelus thing to death. Yeah. And it was obviously just a, a weak little, not maybe not a weak little setup, but it was definitely some foreshadowing when, like, it wasn't a fucking coincidence that Cordelia in the beginning of the episode was like, he should get laid, but then he'd turn into Angelus, and we can't have that. They just needed one quick little reference to yep. it to suggest that that might be what happens if this happens. Yeah. And then they gave us a little cliffhanger, but they're not fooling me at all. Nope. Fuck off. It's not going to happen. But how did you feel about the episode? I felt... You know, I didn't hate the episode. Yeah. 
I didn't feel particularly moved by the episode. Not even a bit. Um, There wasn't really any moment in this episode where I'm like, I'm glad I'm watching this. I think somebody told us that apparently this episode and next episode are held in high regard by critics and Angel fans alike. And so Uh, I'm trying to see, see what they see in it. I could see all of this being built up to a payoff. I, I if they do if the next episode is done right, yeah, I could see this on reflection being good. I couldn't help but wonder if maybe this could have been a rare occasion where we could have benefited from doing a two for episode instead of yeah leaving um basically a month between the episodes. But we're not gonna right here. We are the the simple truth is. This episode is filled with a lot of untied loose ends. Like, yeah. And it's all set up. This whole episode is just yeah, all set I, up. I feel like we've got some good setup. We're finally going to figure out what makes Kate fuck off or die. I can't remember which. Kate is up in the air. No idea what's going on with Kate. Yep. The status of Lindsay and Lila at Wolfram and Hart. All up in the air. Coming no to a head there. Definitely. No idea what's going on with the, the plot of Cordy and all that shit. Wesley's all mopey and sad, and everything's up in the air with what's going on with him. Yes, shit's about Who to explode. Who the fuck knows where Gun went off to, and now this, the cliffhanger of, like, oh god, is Angelus back. Yeah, I really hope they're setting up a gun that is definitely a fucking red herring with, oh god, is Angelus coming back. No, yeah, uh, there's not. no way. There's but no way. I really I don't hope remember. There's... I don't remember if he does, but I don't think he does. And I would be actually legitimately angry if we have to put up with that shit. I I remember hearing a spoiler. It doesn't happen. Okay, good. It absolutely does not I'm happen. I'm actually happy about that. And it's that. because he's not in love with Darla. Right. And as we've talked and about, she's going to get shitty because she's, pure she's like, oh, you lost your soul to Buffy, but not me. Yeah, deal with it. Buffy had a soul. You don't. Like right. maybe he could have lost his soul for her if she hadn't become a vampire again. Right when he she was, was human, he was well on track for that. Yeah. Uh, or if she had gotten her soul back as a vampire, even maybe then. And in fact, right. you know what? That'd be a great couple situation. I would ship that. Darla with a soul as a vampire, and Angel with a soul as a vampire. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or anyway, it'd be boring as shit. Who knows? The simple truth is, I I would be so fucking annoyed if they went the route of Angelus from here. Because, like, it would... I'm so tired of Angel's bad and Angel doesn't need anybody and Angel's a loner. And I know, but... It's fucking old at this I point. have a lot of hope for next episode, but I don't know how to feel about this episode as a standalone because yeah. it feels like we're only halfway through the episode. I agree. So I think that's all I can do is say... I feel like we are about to move on to a new era of Angel, which I know we've been saying for many for like this entire half of a season. Yeah. But I think it's actually happening now. Something new is happening. Yeah. All I hope is that Darla fucks off. I'm tired of Darla. <laughs> I'm done with this plot point yeah, in it's the storyline. It's, it's not, not that there's good. anything wrong with the character Darla. I love the actress. Oh, yeah. 
and she does great work. But they just don't seem to know what to do with her. Right. Or, exactly. And he doesn't know what to do with her. And they're still just trying to figure things out. But I'm trusting that next episode we are going to find out why these episodes are highly regarded. Yeah. And this is, like you said, all just set up. So... I'm reserving any hard criticisms until after next episode. Stick a pin in it. Why not? Do you have a quote of the day? I am going to give it to Lauren because it made me actually like laugh out loud. Oh, is that what you're calling it now? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) sure. It's just pure cheeky. And, but you know what? In an episode that's full of so much sad and broody, god damn, we needed it. That's fair. And Lorne is <laughs> always great for Cheeky. Yeah. Um, and also, Angel can't sing. No. So, you know what? Give it to him. He deserves it. He's an asshole. <laughs> All angels are bastards. Angels. What a bunch of bastards. <laughs> Definitely. So what's your quote of the day? All right. I got to give it to Angel when he's at Denver's and Denver says uh, to kill the Klanak and get the ring. You need the glove. Angel says, "Okay, now you're just making this up. (laughs) I enjoyed that. It was kind of meta. Yeah, it was. It was fourth wall breaky. Yeah. And it reminded me of Zelda and I love Zelda. So that's my quote of the day. Boom. Cheeky. We love cheeky. You know us. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. And that's my closing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, in fact. Well, shit, that's been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Beer with Buffy. Like us on Facebook. Check out our Facebook group called Beer with Buffy Group, uh, because that's just how Facebook works. Uh, We will see any notifications that you send us on Twitter, or I will anyway. Uh, If you would like to support us financially and or own something with our logo on it you can always go to www.beerwithbuffy.com slash shop we have we don't have any floppy uh, uh, big dildo horse cocks no we do not yet potentially ever you know we (laughs) (laughs) it seems unlikely that we'll ever get those in but you know just to make kfro gnome happy (laughs) crystal river sam you know she's she's ill And we need to do something to perk her up a bit. Yeah, definitely. I think that would do it. Or we might accidentally (laughs) kill her. So let's, you know what? We're just going to stick a pin in that too. (laughs) Sticking pins in everything. If you'd like to support us financially without buying some of our random weird shit that may or may not exist, head on over to patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. We have a cat naming perk, but it doesn't have to be a cat. We'll name whatever you want. Yeah. We are not picky. No. And uh, you know what? The best thing that you can do for us, if you want to support us, is review us on iTunes. doesn't matter where you are, if you're in the UK, if you're in the United States. Uh, but, I mean, if you are in a non-US country, you probably need to let us know. Yeah. Because I guess they're starting to break that shit up and we can't see it from here. Yeah. Even and with a VPN. If you review us on anything, let us know. And then we'll give you a free sticker. Yep. Provided that we can mail it to your country. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we will try our damnedest to get you a free sticker. And you can always email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. Big shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. Have a good night.
No, you have a good night. <laughs> I see, I see, boy. <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>